What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of From the Podium. Hope your Memorial Day weekend is going well. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief over at OurHeadPride.com. This week, it was the coach's turn to speak to the media, so we got Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo, Eric Bieniemy, and Dave Tobe. I think it's best we start on the offensive side of the football, so on the first half of the podcast, you'll get Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and then we'll take a quick break finish up with Steve Spagnolo and Dave Tobes. Let's start with the head coach of your Kansas City Chiefs. Here's Andy Reid. All right. Hey, good to be with you guys um, and ladies. Uh, it's um, it's an interesting time, we're, and we're making the best of it and getting a lot of work done. Uh, we're still working through our, our WebEx uh, um, uh, app that we have on our – iPads and computers, and it's our way that we can meet with the players for two hours per day and and uh, interact with them and, and still do our installs. So it's been uh, been good good for us that way. Um, we're still we're not in office. We're in our our basement still and, and homes, and so uh, that's where I'm coming from uh, and to you right now. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. Okay, we'll start with Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hi, Andy. How are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, thanks. Good. Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on the proposal um, for the replacement or possible replacement for the onside kick, the fourth, uh, fourth and 15 rule. Just uh, your thoughts on that change in general, and if it, if that rule is instituted, how do you think your team will, will fare under that, uh, under that rule? Well, I, listen, I – I don't know if it's going to pass or not. I know the special teams coaches aren't real big on that. Um, you know, it takes away, uh, obviously, one of the elements of theirs. And then it's also the kickoff, which has been under scrutiny here, and kickoff returns. So, um, you know, to keep the integrity of the game, you, you like that part of it. Uh, on the other hand, if it does pass, and you, you know, we, we've got a guy that can, can – uh, do fourth and 15s. I mean, he, he would give us an opportunity to be able to do that. So um, I, I've got kind of mixed mixed thoughts on it. Um, I, I would probably stick, uh, you know, being an old guy, I'd probably stick with the integrity of the game as it sits right now. But I can also see where uh, the other part could be exciting too. Okay, let's go to Herbie. Herbie, go ahead. Hey, Coach, good to see you as always. Hope you're well. You're the only one that's been able to keep his hair right. So. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Hey, yeah. You mentioned the, install, the installs that you're going through right now, and, and Phase 3 of the off-season workout program is typically for installs and learning. Um, but how big of a challenge is it for you as, as the head coach and also your coaching staff to see how it's going? And the second part to that is how does that affect what you typically like to see in the normal year out of the players at this time before camp, especially with training battles still to go, excuse me, position. Well, well, yeah, the coaches have used, uh, because we can't go on the field. Um, the coaches have used, uh, unique, uh, uh, you know, tools with them as far as, uh, maybe calling on a player to do an install, you know, to install a play or whatever it might be. So, um, for us, it's given all our coaches an opportunity to do installs um, as we go. Uh, again, just to keep the focus 
of the player and to keep it keep it fresh. Um, other than that, it's been great. I I, I just uh, uh, phase three for us. We're kind of keeping the same schedule that we had before uh, for the most part to this point. So um, we're going from two installs to three installs, uh, and then and then we just we work from there. Um, but again, we're, we're still not able to be on the field. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Uh, you know, you, you've talked before about coaching being a fraternity, and, and you haven't been opposed to going out and talking to other coaches to, for advice, and they come to you as well. I'm just curious, you know, have you reached out to anyone, whether it be, you know, a pro level, coach, college level, other sports about coaches who have taken their teams to back-to-back championships and done that to, for just advice and maybe how you could navigate this? Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, you know, I was lucky to be on a team that did that at one time. So um, I, I have that bank, but no, I have not, uh, Matt. Uh, however, I have talked to uh, a lot of coaches, um, but I haven't had that actual discussion. Let's go to Aaron with KSHB. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, uh, just as this conversation around fanless games evolves, I'm curious, obviously, with the Chiefs playing in what they call the loudest stadium in the world, I'm curious if you think maybe the Chiefs are at a disadvantage if there are fanless games or, or capacity caps with the fans at the games. Yeah, listen, I, I don't think uh, – first of all, we love our our fans. I mean, they are the loudest in the world, and it's ridiculous how, how, how loud it gets for our opponents. So, uh, but – uh, on the other hand, we'll, we'll still go play, and it'll be kind of that way. There'll probably be a lot more talking with the players that you can hear. You know, those guys get pretty creative out there in, in their conversations. So, uh, but the the actual fans will miss them if that's where it goes. But uh, we'll still be able to function. Let's go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, thank you for the time. Um, you Along the lines kind of, uh, of of Aaron Donald was quoted yesterday as saying, you can't play the game without fans. Um, I'm just curious first, you know, where you sit on that. I mean, it, it, the reality may be as we're seeing sports start that there are no fans. Or w- how would you weigh in on not having fans? And then how long can you go virtually prepping? Like at, at what point does, you know, uh, rubber have to meet the road and, and pads have to go on and, and – you know, you actually have to start hitting to to really prepare for a real NFL season, or or can you do it all virtually and just be in close quarters only on game day? Yeah, uh, listen, I mean, we we probably could do anything. I mean, and still put out a good product. Um, I mean, that that's how our mindset is uh, as players and coaches. However, you sure would like to have the opportunity to get back on the field and and do it. I think it'd make for a better game. Um, as far as the fans go. Um, you know, I understand what Aaron's saying. I and, and uh, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, it doesn't feel like it makes sense to be without be without fans. But it's also part of what we would all have to deal with um, if that's if that's the situation that it comes to. My hope is that we can get everybody uh, back out there, and we can have a, a stadium full of people, and we can go, and everybody can stay safe. And that's probably the most important thing well it is the most important thing as we go forward so um and i'd say that same thing for your teams uh, all the teams around the world that are playing 
these different sports that are getting together now. Um, I know safety ends up being uh, the thing that's talked about the most um, and, and that we, we make sure that we're doing that with our players. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Coach. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Sam. Good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, kind of to build off what Seren asked, but I'm wondering if you could maybe offer specifics about um, exactly what you miss out on by not being on the field, what maybe concerns you most, whether it's one or two things, um, if you don't get enough on-field time with the guys. Yeah, so I'd probably tell you timing of uh, routes. I'd tell you break points on, on the secondary and linebackers. Um, the offensive line is fundamentals and defensive line is more fundamental work. Uh, but, um, and then I, I think that you, you know, if you talk to medical people that you, you understand that injuries can go up if you're not working change of direction or being tugged on, uh, like a running back would be tackled and he's got to pull through a tackle that it has a tendency to up injuries. We saw that a little bit with the lockout here um, with Achilles tendons and that. So those things end up being important. But from a pure football standpoint, you know, it's your timing, your breaks, and uh, the guys are still going to be competitive. They're, they're going to do the best they possibly can do with whatever we give them. But um, it sure would help, I think, uh, the injury area and also – uh, the, the game if we if we have a little build up to it let's go to nate taylor go ahead nate hey andy uh thanks again. Hey, yep. um you know steve sort of mentioned this earlier this week but you know you you try at this point to get a rough idea of what your rookie class can do uh, especially once you take them in the draft because you've seen them on the field whether it's in rookie minicamp or in the otas period um with that not being the case i'm just wondering if there's anything that you've learned about your rookies in this virtual remote process and are there things you're starting to identify that you want to sort of implement or have them work on when you guys do get a chance to get on the field? Yeah. So I, I, I have staff meetings and I still ask about the players and uh, who's doing well and, and predominantly the rookies um, uh, as far as learning. Cause I think if, if we can over, um, emphasize the learning part of it now. Not that we don't, but we can really emphasize that now uh, that, that there's a chance it eliminates just an inch of that angst when they're on the field where they can perform athletically or physically the best of their ability. So um, we're kind of putting a hammer down on that and, and working it and emphasizing it to the player. I'm getting good reports back from the coaches on the on the rookies. They're, uh, the guys are working their tail off right now. And, you know, coaches give quizzes and all those things too, so you get an idea of the feedback. And you just have the guy, I'd go, hey, Nate, uh, why don't you uh, explain to the guys 22Z and take us through and detail it. So you get a feel there on exactly what the guys, uh, what they know. And um, and then you, with the rookies, you, you've got a couple extra hours that you can work with them. So the coaches have a little log time in there where they can uh, get the rookies aside and, and visit with them. Let's go to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good, Karen. Thanks. Thank you. Two things. One, um, Peter Vermees basically said, without fans, there's no home field advantage. And I wondered if, 
if based on all the things we talked about already, you feel that way. And the other thing is just that, have you heard of any precautions that the league may take that make you feel better about guys getting back together on the field, you know, hitting, breathing and stuff? Have you heard some things that the league is considering that you, you like? Well, they're, they're going through a lot of uh, things, um, whether it's studies uh, uh, of other sports that are starting up um, around the world. Um, they're, they're keeping close track on that. Uh, they've, they've, I'm sure they've talked about it. I haven't been in the meetings, but I've, I know they're meeting a lot on exactly player safety and fan safety. So um, I know whatever they come up with will be good. And uh, it's also the union that works with the players union also works with them on that. So uh, they'll come up with a, a good solution. I don't know what those are right now, but I know it will be good once it happens. Um, what was the other part of your question there? <laughs> Did I? Just the, uh, the other part was just we had talked about fans and their importance, but uh, Peter Vermees basically said he doesn't believe if you don't have fans, you have no home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. So I listen. I there, there's there's home field advantage with the fans. There's home field advantage that you don't travel and that you know the facility and 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 where everything lays on that field. So you have that part of it. Um, but I, I would tell you we'd miss the fans if that's the direction it goes. I mean, we got the best fans in the NFL, so we'd miss the fans. Um, but again, you know, when you're given these things, you have to go through and say, okay, this is what we've got, fellas, uh, and and you got to muster it up and and go play and and uh, and still do all that. So, um, you know, and then if nothing else, we know our fans are watching. <laughs> so. Because uh, the uh, the Kansas City fans don't miss a beat, you know they'll 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 make sure they know that uh, they'll make sure that our players know that they're they're behind us. All right, guys, we probably have time for a few more here, so we're going to go Adam, Sarin, and then BJ. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, uh, just wondering what you guys liked about Shea Patterson, and also uh, <laughs> what you got, how well you got to know him through this kind of distant uh, coaching season. And one other thing, real quick. Uh, uh, Pat's going to be, as you know, given that commencement speech tomorrow, as a guy who spent a lot of time in front of a microphone, what kind of advice do you have for him? Yeah, well, I'll start with that one because um, I, I think that that's a real neat thing that he's having an opportunity to do uh, with Texas Tech. So um, he is passionate about sports. He's passionate about tech. And so I just think it's a, it's a neat thing that he'd have that opportunity to do it and uh pat's pretty cool cucumber there he he'll he'll uh and he's a sharp kid and speaks well so i think he'll have a nice presentation for him but the main thing is just to relax and enjoy the moment and um you know it's a what a great experience it is and then as far as shay goes i you know I'm, I'm, i started chuckling when you asked because you got everything behind you michigan state and here's a michigan kid you guys are like arch rivals so and we've got a lot of Michigan kind of background on our uh, in our quarterback room there, but with Chad and and um, and Jordan actually and, and Shea played together so at Mississippi, so they they um, they also know each other. But um, we'll see, we'll see how he does, and and it's an opportunity for him uh, to make our football team, and that's that's how he has to look at it. It doesn't matter how you get in the door; you're in the door. Now, whatever you do with it, you do. If, you know, you got to handle yourself. 
the right way and, and, and work with it. But uh, Jim Harbaugh spoke highly of him, and, and uh, I trust Jim. Okay, let's go to Sarin. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, um, I know uh, for the most part, you know, football is, is your focus, right? That's what you want to do. You're, you're not wanting to do other things. Sometimes life runs into sports, right? And, and social issues run into sports, different things. The Rooney Rule uh, has been talked about a lot this week again and some of the proposed changes that were out there. And there's even some people calling it, you know, maybe the, the Biennemi Rule, right? Eric Biennemi is starting to become, you know, the face of the league. He's a guy that has a position, certainly has the resume to be a head coach. I've heard your, your thoughts on it. And I know where you kind of stand, but could you detail maybe what it does to Eric Bieniemy? I mean, he seems like you. He, he seems to just want to coach football. Uh, not that he doesn't have, you know, strong, passionate, you know, ideas and values and, and things like that. But he, he seems to be a reluctant, you know, front man, if you will, for this. But he's yet thrust into that role. How has that affected uh, him as a coach? And, and what advice do you give him uh, being thrust into that role? Yeah, well, first of all, keep being you, right? So that's uh, that's always the most important thing, and it's gotten him to this point. And he'll he'll get he'll have an opportunity here as a head coach. But listen, I think anything that's that, that helps opportunity, I'm good for, uh, good with, as long as it doesn't put that person in a bind or disadvantage coming in, you know, whatever whatever it is. So I, I think um, with an Eric situation. It, and and every everybody that interviews, uh, the it's you're in there for only a couple hours with the, with the owners, and so do they really get to know you in that time? And and uh, and I wish there was an extended period of time that they could visit with you. And we're always we're always cramming in. Uh, you know, owners are always having to cram in these interviews, but to actually have enough time to get to know what the person is all about. And uh, I think that that becomes an important thing. You, if you, the more you're with Eric Benemy, the more you appreciate him and understand him, and know that he's a great leader of men. And so, uh, does an owner actually have that time, or are we rushing? And some of it's our schedule uh, because of the playoffs. Are we rushing in? And, and okay, I got to get these three, you know, interviews done. But boom, 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 boom. And and does that does that owner actually see the worth? And that person interviewing, and um, you know, so I, I worry. I worry more about those kind of things. I mean, Eric's had opportunities to to interview, but it's it's always a bang bang thing, and you get a couple hours, and then you're out. I mean, how well do you get to know a guy in a couple hours? Okay, BJ Kissel, do you want to close this out, <laughs> Coach? Again, thanks for everything. We appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet, uh, BJ. Just curious with the installs, particularly as it relates to the young guys. And I know you said that you've been getting reports from your coaches that have been going through that with them. I'm just curious, because of the, the challenge of already being a young guy, trying to play catch up and, and learn the system, what kind of either extra help have they been given or are the, the install meetings set up, set up differently between veterans and young guys? Just, I guess, logistically, how are you making sure those yeah. young guys are absorbing everything you're giving them? Yeah, so we've we've tried to keep this time consistent. They've got um, a two-hour period with the veterans. That's what you have. With the rookies, you have a five-hour period that you can work with them. So uh, we try to work in a couple extra hours for uh, the rookies to meet. Uh, we were originally doing it with Dave Tobe and the coaches. Um, so Dave got a little bit of special teams introduction to the guys and then 
the coaches had them for a nice block of two hours. Um, but anyways, you've, you've got that extra time and our coaches use that. So they get on with them. And, uh, in some cases, just one or two guys, uh, in a room. So they, they are whatever we're calling these rooms, but, uh, we're, uh, you know, doing, doing it this way here. So, um, virtually, but, uh, it's, um, they get, they get that time. And, and right now for those kids, time's important and your attitude and approach to that is important. Are you going to stay awake? Uh, looking at this this screen, are you going to stay awake? Uh, we make them keep their face showing and not click off the the camera. So uh, we see them. Where that's a little bit of interaction there. Uh, one of the things we always teach the guys when the coach is talking, try to make eye contact with them if you're not writing something down, so that you stay focused on it. And and uh, whether it's on the field or in a meeting, eyes eyes up and on the person that's speaking. So. Uh, these guys are—they're—they're they're doing that. We've had 100% uh, participation, and they're—they're they're cranking. I mean, they're—they're they're going, and I've been—I've been very happy with that, their approach. So, so far, so good. Coach, we appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much. All right, you guys be safe. Have a good Memorial Day. Good seeing you guys. Welcome back. Um, Hopefully all your families are remaining safe and healthy throughout this entire process. With us, we're just, we're grinding and chopping away, you know. We're just taking advantage and making the most of all the opportunities that we have with this new technology. I will say this, I got one thing I do have to admit, and hopefully you guys will enjoy this when I say this. I have never checked so many work emails ever in my life, but I have. <laughs> but we're taking advantage of all the uh, the installs that we're getting in and you know, interacting with the guys. The guys have been focused. They've been right on point. And, you know, it's it's just been exciting just to get this thing started. So with that saying, fellas, uh, ladies, hey, let's hit the ground running. Let's roll. All right. We'll start with Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. How are you, man? Good. How you doing? I'm well, thanks. I'm sure this is going to come up, but I just wanted to go ahead and ask it up front. Um, the NFL is tweaking – the Rooney rule. And I'm curious on your reaction to how the league is addressing minority hires. Um, how much do you agree with the process that they're putting in place now? And then just your overall reaction to it. Well, my overall reaction is, 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 is going to remain the same. It's, I am blessed and fortunate to be placed in this opportunity and been given the situation. Okay. One thing as a coach, you always want to be judged based upon your own merit. So at the end of the day, the best coach is going to be hired. So that's what I do. I coach football. But when it's all said and done with, I can't control all the controllables. The only thing that I can control is where we're at right now and what we're doing. And that's making sure that we are mentally prepared for whenever we have that opportunity to get back on the field together. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Coach. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering about about Clyde and, and first of all, how you see the backfield situation shaking out. I know it's early, um, but just wondering what, what you guys sort of envision as far as how you're going to split the workload back there. And also when, when you don't have um, the, the rookie mini camps, I mean, what is the legitimate difficulty in a rookie like that who, who maybe you're going to feature prominently not knowing maybe some things that, that you, you'd be hands-on with them normally at this time of year? Well, well, one thing is 
Veach and his entire staff did a great job of evaluating the kid. Collectively, as a coaching staff, we, we felt we did a great job of evaluating the talent. But on top of that, and I think this is more important than anything, we know the person. And we know one thing that that kid is going to do. He's going to come in and work his tail off. Now, he's just going to be a piece of the puzzle. You got Damian Williams, who's who's who did a hell of a job for us last year. He's also going to have an opportunity to play with one of his former teammates. And then we have Darwin. And then we got the uh, – the, the young kid out of uh, that played with the Oakland Raiders and DeAndre Washington. So we have a, a unique situation where he can come in and have an opportunity to learn from a collective group. But also, we want to make sure we're utilizing him the right way and making sure that he's mentally prepared to go when it's time to go. Okay, let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, I know you, you, you talked about the, the caliber of person on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things transition-wise for a college back is to block, to figure out the blocking schemes, who he's supposed to block, how to do it. Seemed like it was kind of mixed uh, messages from a lot of people. Some people said he really was a good blocker. Other people said that was his big weakness. What do you think of his blocking skills as he comes into the league? Well, we've, we've had this discussion with him. And, and you know what? Sometimes you see college kids put some good stuff on tape. Sometimes you see them put some poor stuff on tape. The thing that we do know is that he does have the willingness to block. And he understands that's a huge asset that's going to help him moving forward uh, to getting him on the field and contributing to what we do on the uh, on outside the ball. But one thing I, I will say, he does have the attitude mindset to get it done. So I'm not concerned with that. Coach Dillon's going to do a great job of making sure that he's physically prepared to get that done. Okay, let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Adam? Good, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, what's more, you, you talked about the depth you guys have at running back, um, for sure, but is there something that Clyde brings to that room that maybe you guys didn't have last season? Hey, I, I think the kid is just a special kid. You've seen some of the, the, the things that he's done on tape as far as running the ball, um, having the ability to get outside in the uh, open field and make uh, some plays as a receiver. You can create matchups with him. He's one of those ideal kids that fit in what we do. So having him uh, a, a part of the puzzle, I mean, think about it. He gets to go out there and, and play with uh, a Pat Mahomes, a Travis Kelsey. It's, he gets an opportunity to learn from a Damian Williams. He gets an opportunity to learn from a DeAndre Washington. He gets an opportunity to play with, with, with Sammy Watkins and all those guys. So I think with his talent and also his attitude and his determined mindset and the professionalism that he brings to the, uh, the organization, I think that's going to help him to be even better. So I think the kid got some special traits, but I also believe that our players are going to help him to grow to become even more of a special contributor when it's all said and done with. Okay, let's go to James Palmer. Go ahead, James. Eric, I hope you're well. Uh, I know you commented a little bit with, with Herbie about the best coach gets gets the gig, but I kind of want to follow up where opportunity still plays a part as well. So what's your thought on kind of the fellowship being expanded? Uh, you know, that's kind of how Byron Leftwich got his name in by working with Bruce and then working the way up and doing with coordinators. So just getting the opportunity at a lower level seems to be expanded. Kind of want your comment on that. Uh, well, I think it's there's, there are plenty of candidates that are more than qualified. I think one thing uh, that popped up was 
you know, uh, some coaches now, assistant coaches are going to have an opportunity to interview. I think that's huge. I think that's huge across the board. Regardless of skin color, it doesn't make a difference, you know. Now you get an opportunity to interview the best football coach for that particular position. I think one thing is is that with all this discussion uh, being brought to the table, it just opened up different uh, doors for many different people. And like I said, when it's all said and done with, uh, my job is to make sure I'm focused on what we're doing. But, yes, I am happy that that was uh, – Pass so those guys can have an opportunity, but understanding that, hey, I got a, I got a job to do. <laughs> we'll focus on what we need to get better at at this particular time, and what's going to make us the best team when we have an opportunity to hit the ground running. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric. Thanks for doing this. Can I say uh, this real quick? Do you guys feel like like the Brady Bunch? I'm sitting here trying to find you guys. This I'm like, right. I'm right here. I hope you're doing well. I hope you can, you you can fire me. <laughs> um, Eric, I, I know this may sound um, silly to some degree, but mm-hmm. looking back at last year, how many times have you realized or been told from players, fans, that you guys, one, never run another quarterback sneak once Patrick got hurt and you guys were still able to win the Super Bowl? And what about the idea of not – you know, using a quarterback sneak in short yardage situations, you guys were able to still be uh, really successful in the postseason using a variety of players. Can you just speak to the idea of maybe never having to run another quarterback sneak in the future and just the idea of how the offense has advanced so much that you guys can still be at an advantage despite using one of the more conventional short yardage plays? Oh, one thing, we we have a very, very creative coaching staff. uh, And I've always said this. I'm blessed and fortunate to have an opportunity to work with Coach Reed. And one thing that we have, our motto is to remain flexible in anything and everything that we do. So we're going to try and create the best situation for us, regardless of what's taking place or what has happened. And so we just want to make sure that we're utilizing all of our personnel and giving us the best opportunity to go out there and be successful. Yeah, obviously, you know, when you think of the quarterback sneak, obviously everybody remembers what took place in Denver. But one thing I do remember uh, is having an opportunity to run a few short yardage plays in the Super Bowl where my man uh, Pat dropped that shoulder. And, and, and I don't know if he necessarily laid the wood, but he laid some wood or took some wood <laughs> and he found a way to get it done. But uh, he's a competitive kid. He's going to do whatever he can. And the beauty of our guys is that, hey, they know regardless of situation, whoever's called upon all right, to perform in whatever moment we're putting them in, their job is to be accountable and find a way to get the job done. All right, guys, we're getting short on time, so we probably have time for a few more. Let's go DJ, Pete, and then Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Pete. Or I'm sorry, go ahead, DJ. Am I still muted? Okay. Oh, you're good. All right. Coach, I know that everybody's asking you about your time and your, your role as offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. I want to ask about your role as a running back in the University of Colorado and the national championship team being the 30-year anniversary. How much – I know that, you know, every time there's an anniversary like this, it has to give you some special memories, but uh, what have you got going on? Is there anything planned for that? And how, how fondly do you still think back on those memories, obviously coming off the of Super Bowl and, uh, and reaching the highest level of this uh, level of football? I, I tell you what, it's, it's kind of ironic that that question has come up because this past weekend or last Friday, a bunch of us from our national championship team had a Zoom call. So it was one of those uh, 
those calls that, first of all, was a great time. Just reconnecting with a number of guys, also catching up with them. But some of the stories that were told were unreal. And some of the stories you don't want ever, ever, ever to get out there. But it was a great time. Guys had a, 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 a great time just rehashing all the different things that took place throughout the course of that year. But uh, it's always a special moment when you can rehash and think about the past because because – if it wasn't for the past, it wouldn't help shape the future. But I will say this, and I got to let you guys in on this this part of the story. So I've been finding myself, which has been great. I walk probably about five and a half to six miles at least five days a week. And so I'm walking through our neighborhood. I've discovered more of our neighborhood than any time in my life since I've been here in Olathe, Kansas. But I'm walking through my neighborhood, and this guy, he's cutting his grass, Okay. And he stops his lawnmower. He comes running out. And I'm like, man, am I going to have to fight this man? <laughs> so, but come to find out, he gives the exact date. And it's a shame. I can't recall the date. He, but he gives me the exact date, the exact time of the fifth down, uh, the fifth down deal against Missouri. I'm like, man, are you, are you guys ever going to allow us to live this down? I mean, <laughs> but it was, it was hilarious. It was, it was funny. But I will say this. It's, it's good to be remembered for a lot of good things, but also, too, I hate the fact that in this state where we are and working with the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm pretty much reminded about the fifth down more than anything than the national championship. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Eric. Thank you for taking some time with us. Hope you're all right. Um, I was curious about Sammy Watkins, you'd mentioned him and everything that sort of emerged a week ago about maybe some mixed feelings about his usage and, and things like he, like um, last year. I was wondering your reaction to some of that stuff that came out and then how you have conversations with the player to sort of coach that up and, and deal with it. Well, uh, one of the first things, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the article. And one thing you guys got to understand is players go through a lot of different highs and lows. There's a lot of pressure that players receive uh, when playing this game outside of what we do. And so I'm not going to divulge on any of our conversations, but I love Sammy. I love the way he comes to work every single day. I am very blessed and fortunate that we're bringing him back. Uh, he's a big, huge part of what we do. And I'm actually proud that he allowed people to get to know him because he's a beautiful kid, he's a hardworking kid, and the only thing that he wants to do, he wants to be great. And I think more than anything, I think if everybody can take that and just feel just his urgency to, to want to express how hard it is to achieve those goals, you know, just listen to him. He's allowing everybody into who he is, but he just wants people to know that he wants to be the player that he was expected to be. And we love him because of that. All right, Coach, we've got uh, two more hands that are up here. That One of them that we got to get in here. But uh, let's start with Matt, Derek, then we'll close it out with Adam. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, I wanted to let you know I, I almost wore my fifth down T-shirt today <laughs> just for you. And I Coach see you Coe. got your, Missouri, your misery gear on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got zeros on the clock and 31-27, but uh, – <laughs> Hey, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask about the offensive line because you're bringing back, you know, four of your five starters from the Super Bowl. Um, left guard, really the only position that's up there. You got Andrew coming back, but you've added Mike Remmers and 
and Brett Veach has mentioned Lucas Niang might be in the mix. You know, how, how open is that competition to you? And, and what do you think of the new guys that you're bringing in there on the line? Uh, we're very fired up about the guys that we're bringing back. Um, we're fired up about the new additions that we have. We just want to make sure that we're sound at every position. And we're going to create competition. And when it's all said and done with Coach Hatt, myself, Coach Reed, we're going to make sure that we're putting the best five out there that gives us the best chance. And, you know, in this, in this, <laughs> in this industry, you can't have enough good old linemen. And so we just want to make sure that we're stockpiling on depth, but also creating a competitive atmosphere so we can get the best five on the field at any given time. Okay, Adam, go ahead and close us out. Hey, no, uh, no fifth down questions here, at least not today. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about what you knew or what you know about your two young development quarterbacks since you've had them in. And also, I'd like to hear in your words – What's in it for those guys to come here to this team when the starting quarterback job is locked up for a long time? Well, one thing I will say, Jordan and uh, Shea have been, they've been very, very good in, uh, in the meetings. They've been very, very receptive to the information that we're providing them. But also, too, they've been asking a lot of great questions. Mike Kafka has done a heck of a job, Joe Blameyer. And one thing, when we're sitting in that room, I said the room, when we're sitting in those meetings, we want all our guys to be interactive. You know, one thing that they'll have an opportunity to gain from being here is, first of all, they get to learn a lot. We have a very, very unique and diverse offense. On top of that, they get to watch how Pat Mahomes uh, works as a professional. And I think more importantly, they get an opportunity to work with a Chad Henning who's been around for a very, very long time and has provided uh, – uh, um, some outstanding leadership qualities within that room. So those are the things that I think those guys gain from being here and a part of our family. Coach, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for your time. Hopefully we get to see you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Guys, hey, stay healthy and stay safe, please. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on From the Podium, we have two coordinators to go, Steve Spagnolo and Dave Tilp. We'll start with Spagnolo, transition, and finish up with special teams coordinator Dave Tilp. Here is the defensive coordinator of your Kansas City Chiefs. I see a lot of square boxes here, which is a good thing. What, what was the uh, Hollywood squares, right? Who, who remembers that game? That was pretty cool. 
Um, so, Sid, we good? We're ready to go? Yep, go ahead, Coach, and if you want to start us off with a statement, and then we can open up for questions. Yeah, real quick, uh, I won't be real long. Listen, I hope everybody's um, safe, healthy. I mean, certainly the world's a different place than when we last had a chance to visit. It seems like forever ago that uh, I've had a chance to, to, to address everybody. Um, you know, just like we've talked to our defensive unit a lot about how fortunate we are in this business to have jobs and still be working. And you know, I talked with the guys a little bit about let's not forget that and don't lose sight of the people that are going through a rough time right now. Um, and we think about that often. I know my wife and I do. I'm sure you guys do as well. So and extended families. And there's just so many tentacles to this whole thing that you don't even realize until you hear somebody's story. But Having said that, and with regards to the meetings with the players, um, I'm getting an education, needless to say, on technology, um, but it's been great. I think we're going to take a lot from this and be able to use it. I'm talking about me as a person um, being able. I was not a FaceTimer on the phone, so being able we use WebEx meetings and some of the Zoom. So being able to do that with family uh, has been just terrific, family that's uh, further distances away. So... Again, I'm happy to get back with the guys. It was great to do the meetings. Uh, I try to do a unit meeting uh, every day. It's real quick. Then the, we break off into our groups. Um, it's What is different for me is I really like being in front of a room and uh, conversing with the players, asking questions. That's a little bit difficult uh, in the WebEx or the Zoom world. So that I do miss and actually getting outside and teaching the guys. I really do miss that. But Hopefully we keep our fingers crossed. We'll be back at it soon. So with that, I'll just kind of open it up. I went way longer than I wanted to, Sid. Sorry about that. Uh, let's start with Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm going to make sure I get my volume on here so that – okay, good. I was just wondering about Willie Gay and what maybe he gives you that you didn't have on the team last year in his position. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm – Maybe I'm different in some ways with rookies, but I don't know that you know what you have until you get them here. Now, look at uh, Brad and I mean, uh, Brett Veach and his staff did a terrific job identifying him. We're glad we have him. We're excited for what we think he can do. Um, but until we get him out there, we won't really know. I mean, things jump off the chart with regards to speed. And he's a violent hitter, which we love. Uh, hopefully, all those things will transfer to this league. Let's go to Danny Weldiak. Go ahead, Danny. Hey, Coach. Praying that you and your family are all doing well. Thank, Thank you. you so much for doing this. Um, my question for you is, with the NFL allowing some training facilities to open, um, how much hope does that offer you guys that you might have a normal or regular kind of training camp and even preseason? Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm, we're staying hopeful that that will happen. And I know Coach Reed has talked to you guys already about his plans and he's got all kinds of, uh, he's an organized man. So he's got us organized for whatever happens. And, you know, for right now, until they tell us differently, we're very hopeful we get the training camp. I think I've told you this before. Training camp is one of my all time favorite things to do in this business because you're up there, you're all together, you're in a dorm. I still like that. Uh, and it's all football being around the guy. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and pray that we can have a normal training camp. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Coach. I hope everything's well. Thanks, Sam. Um, we talked to Hitchens last week, and he mentioned that one of the first things you told the de defensive group was that you feel like they can be better this year. 
Um, what, what sort of specifically stands out to you for, for why you would say that? Well, first and foremost, and I think you all realize this, we need to begin the season better, in my opinion. Uh, we knew, uh, Hitch and I talked about this yesterday because I, I called him yesterday just to, I hadn't talked to him in a while, but uh, we knew there were going to be bumps on the road early um, with regards to feeling out you know, coaches and players and what we had, what they could do, and a new system and the whole thing. And, and we went through, through some rough patches, but really because of the assistant coaches we have who just kept pounding the details and over and over and over and over and the guys embracing it uh, and not getting frustrated with um, all the walkthroughs we had and all the reps that we took. Uh, my hope is that we're past that and it would be really nice if we could come out of the blocks and play good defense at the beginning of the season, not wait. And I think we maybe felt like it was seven or eight games before we really got in the groove. Okay, let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve. Uh, hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. Um, to kind of build off the last question from Sam, in terms of installing a defense last year, putting in the terminology, understanding – how the coaches are going to work together, but even before you get to the players, how different from your experience in the past has year two been in terms of teaching the guys that have been there, adding some new players, whether it's the draft or free agency, and what did you see in those first, say, six, seven weeks that you know that you guys can sort of build upon based on what you guys showed in the playoffs? Yeah, uh, good point. I'll, you know, the first, I'll, I'll start with the ending one that you asked there, Nate. More than anything, um, myself and the coaches learning what our guys could and couldn't do was huge. And so going into this year, uh, and fortunately for us, by great work by Brett Veach and his staff, we have most of the guys back. Now, not all of them. Um, you know, some guys we're going to miss. But knowing what the abilities of those guys already going into year two might keep us from having to experiment, so to speak. And we can keep, you know, we've sat here with the scheme and said, okay, let's keep this because our guys are really good at it. And maybe we get rid of that, add something in. So there is, you know, the hope is that uh, you grow in the system. You can, you can expand a little bit. Just like Andy always talks about with his offense where they keep adding. I know you guys had all kinds of questions for Patrick Mahomes. What can he do in his second year? You know, and, and you're right uh, where you're going. And I think Andy told you that you keep adding and building what they can absorb. The more they embrace, you know, the, the better we can be. I feel the same way on defense uh, because I do think in this league nowadays, you've got to have an – you've got to be multiple in enough regards to keep people off balance, so to speak. So hopefully we can do that. Uh, let's go to Nick Schaefer. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, Coach, you mentioned your family, and I'm just wondering if you maybe have a different perspective on this thing. We're, we're in the Midwest, right, and not hit as hard as other areas, especially the Northeast, and with your ties to New York. Do you have a different perspective on, on, on this whole thing this whole time, and has it affected you maybe more than others? Uh, yes and no. I, I, just, I think the whole country's feeling it because, listen, no matter where you are, you probably have a connection to somebody that's in a uh, hot spot, so to speak. Uh, but out east, um, you know, they've been in lockdown. It hasn't really eased up as much, although I think most of the country is starting to do that. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I just, uh, I, I just throw this out. I, and this may seem uh, small. I really feel for seniors in high school and seniors in college who, who lost their 
you know, and look at it, well, most problem sure everybody here probably went to college and was tied in somehow. You always look forward to that senior spring and to have fun with your friends. I know that's a small thing, but I, you know, we have, um, my wife and I do have parents that are elderly and some of them are in independent living. And I tell you, what's really hard is to explain uh, to parents or elderly people that you can't come and see them. Uh, and sometimes, depending on where they are and their thought process, uh, they may not remember that the next day. And, and you can only imagine being somebody like that, sitting at home by themselves, no guests, you know, no family coming to see them. So I think, it, I think it's affecting everywhere. I just, uh, my wife and I think about other people often and hope and pray that we can come out of this thing. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking some time with us. Um, I was curious about your top two defensive picks in Gay and Sneed. And when it comes to Gay, I know you'd mentioned you want to get him in person, but I was wondering if there was a specific backer position in mind for him and why. And then with Sneed, uh, how long do you think he'll be ready um, based upon what you've seen on film to be a regular contributor? Yeah, uh, first, Willie. I think we'll, we'll probably begin with Willie at one of the outside positions. It might, he, we think, uh, without knowing right away that, uh, and we're, we're hopeful, I should say that, that he would replace what Reggie Ragland did for us last year. Uh, now, again, uh, I preface that, Pete, by saying we won't know that until we get him. I, I think we're a long way away from – you guys get it. I mean, they come from college into the pros, and uh, trying to get him up to speed takes a little while. And listen, look, at he loses – all these guys, all these young guys, lose out on not having these foundation of reps, whether it's mental or walkthroughs. It, it feels like – guys and gals it feels like 2011 when we had the lockout when I was in St. Louis and we didn't have all those guys now we're way ahead of that because we have these zoom meetings but I think Willie Gay will begin there whatever else we can do with them we'll build on that uh Legarius Sneed I listen I was uh, very impressed with his tape with regards to all the things that he did uh he played corner and he's a big corner he played some nickel and cover the slot receivers, and they actually played him at safety. And I thought he did really good at all of them. Uh, we see him as a corner right now, um, and we'll see where that progresses to. But I think anybody that can come in with that kind of flexibility uh, is, a, is a good thing. All right, guys, we probably have time for a few more, so we're going to go Sarin, Herbie, and then Bonnie. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, thanks for the time. Um, can you give us an update on what the timeline – I know a legal process has to work out, but with Bashad Breland – you know what your timeline is as far as when he'll be ready and when he'll be a, a full participant? I, I do not. Um, and I don't even know where it is game wise and all that, but we're, listen, uh, Breezy has been in the meetings with us. Um, been, been very engaged uh, and he's done a heck of a job. So again, that's another player that we have that is a second year in the system. I'm glad we got him back. Um, and, just like you're talking about, I think we'll just let that play out. I know Coach Reed has addressed it, and I'll kind of stand on whatever he had said. But I'm just, from, from our regard, I'm just glad we got him back. But, but right now he's working through the whole process normally? Yeah, I don't know much about the whole what's going I, on. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean process. I mean, he's working, doing all the work normally with the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, and I don't know the rest of that, but he's been in our meetings for as much as we can do right now, which is good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. Go to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Steve. Uh, good to see you. Um, too. Just wondering, it's kind of apples and oranges, but I, I do wonder how you would say, uh, how your grasp on what you have in front of you 
is different this time this year than it was last year. I mean, last year you were still installing things, but this year you're at distance. Um, just how, how would you compare and contrast that? Uh, great question. Uh, I'll share this with you. We, we met as a defensive staff this morning on the uh, WebEx. And, you know, so the veterans are into their fourth week right now. They had three, they had a week off, like Coach told you. And then we got them again. <laughs> Our concern as a defensive staff is when you can only do this, I'm concerned about them getting bored. You know, because it is the same system. Now, look at if we if this was a year ago, everybody would be glued in. It's, it's new to everybody. Um, but now, look at it. It's human nature to say, well, I know that. I've heard Coach Spag say that a hundred times. You know, why do I got to listen to that again? But So we're looking for creative ways to feed this to our guys and to keep them sharp in what we did and what we want to continue to do. Whether it's – I get on with the coaches and listen to their group meetings, and they're finding good and creative ways. I mean, guy, we have players that are installing defenses. We have Jeopardy games. You know, we have all kinds of things we do to keep every – we're all just trying to keep each other uh, attentive and, and amused in some ways in sticking with football and yet getting a lot done. But it's a little bit of a challenge in this setting to do that. I mean, just going out and walking through things is light years ahead of uh, sitting in a meeting all day. Okay, Herbie, you want to close us out? Yeah, sure. Hey, Coach, how are you, man? All right, Herb. Hey, um, Taco Charlton, a former first-round draft pick, and, and for one reason or another, didn't work out in Dallas, didn't work out in Miami, but how much do you see in him, and how excited are you to, to get him into your scheme to, to, hopefully to see his full potential. Yeah. Um, listen, we were really uh, fortunate last year when we got Emmanuel Agba. Uh, and, and, and he surfaced in the system, played good football, and, and now he's at Miami. Uh, and I, I, Emmanuel and I have talked about this a lot. A change of scenery for him was really good. Uh, so I think the hope certainly is that maybe Taco could do the same thing. Now, we don't know that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we don't have – Coach Daly and I don't have the chance to get to know him quite as well uh, through a computer. Uh, but I've heard really good things about him, and we're hopeful. I mean, he gets thrown in the mix with everybody else, and hopefully he can find a guy on the edge that can help us going forward. But we'll find that out. We've got a long way to go, I guess, before we can determine that. Well, Coach Spags, we appreciate you joining us. Hopefully we get to see you soon. Yeah, I uh, wish everybody safe and healthy, however many days we got to go through this. Let's keep our fingers crossed, right? Appreciate you spending Thank you, time Coach. with us. Thank you. Hey, Dave, how you doing? How you doing? How, how's everybody? Good, thanks. Good. Hey, um, I was just wondering, with regard to Tommy Townsend, he's from a punting family, like much like uh, Dustin was. Um, do you find for with a specialized uh, thing like punting that maybe having somebody to rely on other than your coach kind of helps that <laughs> being from a punting family might be some kind of uh, – uh, advantage? It certainly doesn't hurt. Um, you know, the kid's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, we really liked him coming out. We, I had him rated the best punter coming out this year, and he was available for us, and, and those guys got it done to get him. So it was a pretty good deal. What do you like about him and um, Newsom, and, and what do you think each needs to prove to you to, to earn the job? Well, number one thing is it's a, it is going to be a true competition. I mean, there's nobody really out in front right now. I mean, as we look at it, uh, I, I like them both. 
they both they both got really really strong legs, really powerful leg. They they uh, consistently hit um, over five zero hang times, which is it's real impressive. Uh, Tommy's a little bit more, I'd say, a little bit more uh, clean in his technique uh, as far as um, consistency. Where whereas is uh, Tyler Tyler's a little bit more of a a uh, little bit more erratic with this with this technique, but he's you know the results are the same. They both bomb the ball. Uh, we just need to clean Tyler up a little bit more. But I tell you what, uh, it's going to be fun. The competition is going to be real fun. Let's go to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Hey, Coach, how's it going? Thanks for doing this. How you doing? Yeah, great. Um, so, what all will you be missing without Dustin Colquitt punting, being on your team, being in the locker room, everything? Well, Dustin, I mean. You know, first off, I mean, he's the best punter I ever coached. So, you know, best punter I've ever been around. And uh, he's such a great person, a great team leader, um, you know, just a great teammate for everybody. He was, <laughs> you, know, you never knew what he was going to do. He was always going to have some kind of joke or, you know, a practical joke or something just to make everybody laugh in the room. And uh, he was so great in the community, uh, you know, with his team smile, what he did there. And uh, just an awesome family man, spiritual guy. Uh, you know, he's going to be missed. Uh, he's going to be hard to replace. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's the way that that's the way the NFL is. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you know, things change and, and we need to move on. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, thank you for taking some time with us. I was curious about uh, Antonio Hamilton and what you think he may be able to provide uh, your unit in particular. Yeah, Antonio is, he's a special guy. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, obviously can play gunner and, and those are valuable players. So, uh, and, and he, you know, he's a productive gunner. So, you know, I, we're, we're penciling him in right now to be a four phase starter for us right now. So we haven't even had a meeting yet. We will uh, Thursday and he'll find out about that. <laughs> he is going to be a four phase starter, but uh, really, I don't think he, you know, he's, he, he's going to hit the ground running for us. I mean, he's a guy that can come in and make plays and you see him do it. You see him do it at the giants and, uh, you know, we're, I think we're really, really fortunate to have him. Let's go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, thank you for the time. And I know um, everybody's got to deal with this situation, right, doing everything via these Zoom calls and everything. But uh, for special teams versus, uh, you know, offense and defense, you use the whole field uh, on most of what you do. Is it harder on special teams and getting ready for special teams than it is uh, for offense and defense having these limitations? Well, I mean, right now, I mean, we're, we're kind of fortunate because those guys can get together, you know, they can get together and, and kick and work on the operation and, you know, and, and they could do that on their own. Uh, so, you know, we can work our skill set, whereas, you know, to play football, it's kind of tough to have, you know, you need 22 guys out there and, you know, it's, 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 it's good for us to be able to, to be able there at this time to be able to do those kind of things. I mean, we just, we can't sit down and meet, you know, face to face and I can't be out there watching them. Uh, that's the unfortunate thing, but they they video everything that they do and they send it to me, and, and then we we talk about it on on virtual you know the virtually. But 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 schematically, as far as like covering kicks and doing that kind of yeah. things, is that is that we, set we just you back? You know, like a, yeah, it's going to set us back a little bit. I mean, because right during this time of the year is where you're working fundamentals with everybody else, and and that's going to be set back. But everybody's in the same boat. We're just going to have to you know hit the ground running when we get to, when we do get to camp and we are get together. So. Um, you know, it's just we're good. we're a little bit behind right now. I mean, if you if you compare it to where we were last year, but everybody's in the same boat. So, uh, you know, the good thing is we got a lot of guys coming back. 
You know, we, we, we had a young group last year and, and this is now going to be a lot of those guys second, third year now. And, you know, and I, I think we, we're going to be okay, you know, in those areas. Let's go to BJ Kissel. Go ahead, BJ. Hey, Coach. Good to see you. I just I want to ask about the the draft class as a whole, just because it seems like from Willie Gade Jr. to the cornerbacks they drafted, they got long, athletic, big, fast guys, which are always going to you know appeal to you on special teams. Just how much were you involved in that and watching those guys leading up to the draft, and how quickly did you start you know figuring out roles for potential roles? for those guys just seeing, you know, their pure athleticism and size and all those characteristics? Well, those, you know, um, those guys did a great job, you know, first of all, getting those players, uh, you know, and, and not only those players, but the, the free agents we got too. There's a lot of good players there too in that group. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we evaluate each one of them, you know, Clyde, Willie, uh, Sneed, Keys. We had grades on each one of those players, special teams grades. And, you know, what we do, you know, we work with, with Veach and, and, and if we have two players that are close, we're going to take a special, you know, we'll take the special teams guy has a higher special teams grade uh, than the other. And all of these guys had good special teams grades. So I'm really excited about every one of them. They all got speed. They all got good height. You know, Clyde's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's so elusive. I just picture him playing PP for us on the punt team, you know, where he could get a direct snap and take off and uh, he could do a lot of things in that area. But we're also going to find out if he can tackle too. I mean, he's, He's, he's never done it before. We, we've talked a couple times virtually, and he's never done it, but he's looking forward to it. Uh, they're all excited, you know, and, and I'm excited to have all of them. Let's go to Vahe. Uh, go ahead, Vahe. Oh. Vahe, you got us? All right, Vahe, we're going to try to come back to you in a second here. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Dave. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for doing this. Um, I know you, you just mentioned a little bit ago that I guess you guys may have not had a, a full player Zoom meeting in terms of special teams, guys, but how do you anticipate those meetings going? Uh, how many players do you think you have that are going to be involved? And what are the differences knowing that you're going to work with guys from both offense and defense and try to build some level of understanding when you guys do finally get to camp? Yeah, right now, right now I got 59 invitations out, you know, that they're, they're all going to sign in. So those are the guys that will be uh, – hopefully they'll all be on there, which they will. Uh, and then we'll sit down and we'll look at a review of last year real quick, and then we'll look at the depth chart, you know, what where I think everybody's going to be plugged in. Like, you know, like Willie Gay, for, he's going to find out that he's going to be a four-phase starter right off the bat. We're going to pencil him in as that guy. So, and, you know, all the way across the board, they're going to find out where they sit, what position they're going to play. Uh, we'll hit a little bit of punt on the first day, a little bit, you know, we'll install punt again, uh, like nobody knows what they're doing. We'll start off with that, and then and then we'll watch uh, uh, clips of uh, the, our first day. We're going to watch um, Pringle. Uh, we're going to watch his good plays and his bad plays from the whole entire season. And when, when you do that, you kind of you know you find the pluses and minuses. It also teaches uh, the young players what we're looking for: what is good, what is bad, what's bad effort, what's good effort. Uh, you know, what happens if you miss a tackle, you know, and sometimes you can turn it into a positive play, those type of things. Basically, you know, how we are philosophy-wise, you know, what we expect. Okay, Vahe, I think we've got <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, how you doing, Dave? Good. Good, Good. to see you, man. Good to see you. Um, hey, I, I'm just curious uh, what you might be able to tell us about um, how you're – able to bring Andy Hill in to what degree you're able to do that right now if he's actually arrived and 
obviously you go a long way back with Andy. What, what, what's made him appealing to, to join you guys? Yeah, Andy and I go way back to Missouri days, you know, back in the 90s. Uh, you know, he was on the Larry Smith staff. We're all on the Larry Smith staff together. And, you know, obviously he's a experienced, you know, he's been at Missouri for 24 years as a, as a position coach. Uh, I think he was even actually assistant head coach at one time, offensive coordinator. You know, he's, he's been at all there. And, uh, you know, we've always stayed in touch. We, we communicate all the time. And last year in, in particular, mostly last year, because he had, he handled the special teams. He had the, the whole special teams unit. So we, uh, you know, we really spent a lot more time together, you know, as far as on the phone and, and him visiting, you know, cause he was in town all the time recruiting. Uh, but we're really good friends, uh, you know, and it was really, I, I tried to talk him out of it. I told him, I said, this job, I mean, it's a, you got to put up, you got to do a lot of bullshit stuff, you know? And he was, he goes, Hey, he goes, you're not going to talk me out of it. I want to do it. I want to get in the NFL. And, and he convinced me. And then I went in and convinced Andy that Andy uh, Reed, that it was, it, it would be a great hire to have him. So, you know, we got it done and, and, and I'm real happy to have him. All right, guys, we've got time for a few more. So we're going to go Harold, Matt, and then Herbie. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Dave, hope you're doing all right. Uh, I think a couple people alluded to this, maybe they did, but when it comes to a point where you have just training camp and you know how important this special teams is to make the final 53 with a lot of these yeah. guys, are you going to have to try to tailor anything differently in your decision-making or just have some kind of process in mind before you even get into what it potentially would be a training camp, however that may act? Uh, to make that final, those my final decisions on the rosters with an idea in place or anything of that nature? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. That, that's going to be one of the challenges. You know, you're not going to get near as many reps to, to, to evaluate these guys. Like, usually we come into camp and I have an idea, okay, this guy can do this, he can do that. We're not going to know any of that, you know. So, you know, we got we to make faster decisions, quicker decisions. Um, we're going to rely on the preseason games. Hopefully we have preseason games. Uh, those are going to be critical uh, because that's the only time we get live tackling and live blocking. So uh, for us, th those are going to be huge. And, and hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, we make the correct decisions. But it, like I said before, everybody's in the same boat. And uh, the good thing is we, we already have a core group of good guy, good players, and we're going to filter in some of these young players in spots. So uh, we think they all can play, the, especially the draft picks. So uh, we'll, we'll find we'll find good spots for them. It may be during the year where we end up, uh, really getting our uh, solid, solid uh, group together. Great question, though. All right, let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, thanks for your time. Yeah. Um, when Tyreek was going into year two, you really reduced his role on special teams, took him off kick returns, and his, his punt return numbers were fewer. Is your kind of expectation is that you may end up doing the same thing with McColl this year as he gets more involved on offense and – are you looking at some of these, uh, you know, whether it's the rookie class or the undrafted free agents who might be return guys? Yeah, we're going to – everybody – we start everybody off as a returner. I put everybody back there, like, pre-practice. You notice we have, like, 20, 20 guys out there sometimes. And so you never know. You find guys, diamonds in a rough, guys that haven't done it before, like Niall Davis. Never did it in college. He ended up doing it in the NFL. So, um, you know, we'll, everybody will start there. Everybody's a four-phase guy. Uh, including including Clyde. I mean, Clyde's going to be playing everything that he's never never done anything before, and, and Willie Gay and all those guys. But but yeah, true. I don't. I'm not sure about Hardman. I don't want to lose him. I think he's just scratched the surface as a returner. I, I you know he hasn't he hasn't reached his potential yet. You know he could be even better. I think he knows that, and you know hopefully we can keep him in in those roles. Um, you know it's important. You know it's important that that to get the ball and guys. Uh, hands that can make plays, and he's he's one of them. 
All right, let's go to Herbie to close us out. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, thanks for doing this. Hope you're well, man. Doing great. Hey, um, in addition to looking for a new punter, you're also going to be looking for a new holder this year. And you mentioned you're not out there watching the guys when they get together, but how much are you going to find yourself relying on what Harrison tells you about the holding and even James with their input before you are finally able to get them together to evaluate? Yeah, that's good. Good question. Um, Harrison and James have, have kind of took the leadership role in that whole – they know how important that, it, that part of it is. And Harrison, I guarantee it, Harrison will outwork anybody in the, in the world. And he's going to have these guys work just as hard. So uh, it, if he misses, ever misses a field goal, it's not going to be because of, because of a bad hole. And those guys are going to get so many reps, and, and both of them could do it. Uh, you know, they've, they've been working. You know, they're, they're up here on their own, doing their own thing, and, and they're getting, uh, you know, they video stuff. So I'm getting to see it, and we're working through things right now as far as, you know, the holding stuff. And, and, and both guys that we have, you know, Tommy and Tyler, can both uh, hold. So, you know, and, and Tommy did it last year, you know, started on, the, on Florida's team. So, uh, you know, they're both ex experienced, and, and, and you're right. It is an important job, and, you know, those guys will they'll, they'll rise to the, to the occasion.